networks spanned across Thailand and Burma. We have a house for street children called House of Hope. We have two homes inside Burma, Myanmar, a very closed military-ran nation. And then we have on the, uh, on the opposite side, on the Thai side, we have 25 acres called the Promised Land with 15 family-style safe homes on there. Where we have anywhere from four to 10 kids in a home. Um, in, a, in these setups, we want them to see a father that doesn't abuse them, a mom that doesn't sell them. We want them to see what a true family unit looks like because that's all these kids want is a family. So we put them in these family-style safe homes, 15. Uh, we just broke ground on a boy's property that's going to be called Next Steps, and we're going to give vocational training for these street kids that we rescue off the streets. And then uh, also we have, we just broke ground on an emergency shelter. I'll, we could cue the, the picture after, but it's like an emergency uh, safe home shelter, high security, and it's at a hidden location, and the children will go there first, and then we'll transfer them to their forever family on the family-style safe home property. So it's just been incredible. We have, on top of all of that going on, I want to show you uh, in the video I talked about the government. Well, the government got word of what we were doing got and heard, and they came to us. And in that video, at that moment, they had approached us and said, we know what you're doing. You're doing it illegally. At that time, we were kidnapping children from the mafia. And so uh, the mafia, we were rescuing them so fast that they'd try to take them off the streets. And so as soon as we'd find them, we'd get them. And so they said, we know what you're doing. You're doing it illegally, but we want to know, can you help us? And so I want to show you uh, some, what's going on. If you could cue those pictures, please. Uh, I want. He said, if you can help us, uh, it, you will, we'll be able to work together. So they set up a secret meeting. I was doing a World Changers Conference in Brazil. Uh, Brazil actually has is the second in the world for child prostitution, Thailand being number one. I heard about this, and that's what actually got me there. Uh, I heard about little girls being sold for, in Thailand, a little girl, eight-year-old girl can go for $3,000. On the other side of the border, in the poorer country in Burma, they could go for $340, eight-year-old. And so heard about this. That's what we started doing. I was in Brazil, God opened a door. I always thought I'd, I'd work in Brazil, you know, the black beans and the Brazil steak and all of that. But God sent this little Mexican Latin girl to Asia uh, for rice, to eat rice and vegetables every day. And, uh, and I'm, I'm so done with rice. 16 years later, please don't ever offer me rice. I can't do rice anymore. No more rice. And uh, my mom was like, do you want some Hawaiian barbecue? And I looked at the thing. It was like a poke bowl. And I actually like that. But it was like rice. And I saw it on the first ingredient. You know, I was like, no, no rice. I want Panera. I want soup. I want cheese. I want bread, you know. And, uh, and so, so anyways, uh, Thailand and thought I'd go to Brazil, but actually obeyed God and went to Thailand, got our first home, the 52 kids. Well, Brazil's opened up and we're going to start, be starting a home in Brazil as well. I was there for a, a World Changers conference. And when I was there, the pastors got up and they prayed for me and they said, Lana, government, no governments are going to come to you and ask you to help them with the children of their nation. They don't know what to do. The problem is so great, but they're going to come to you and ask you, and God's going to put the answer in your heart, and you're going to help these governments help the children of their nation. So that happened in October, flew back to Thailand, got there in February. The governor of our region came to me, set up a secret meeting with me, and that's when he told me 60 children are trafficked daily on our border. We know what you're doing. It's illegal, but we like what you're doing. Will you help us become the first government-recognized safe home on the Thai-Burma border. And, uh, and at that moment, I, so I, I knew that that's what we were supposed to do, so I said yes at that moment. And the governor asked me, what do you need? And in my heart, I heard God say, don't ask him for money. Ask him for two things, authority the same as police so that you can rescue and be protected from the corrupt police. Every brothel
people on our borders owned by the police. And so he said, so authority, the same as police, and to citizenship for all of your children so that you could get them into every level of society and they can change the evils in their nation. They can change their nation. So out of my mouth I said, yes, we'll do it, but I don't want your money. I want two things. I want authority, the same as police, and I want citizenship for my children so that I can get them into all levels of society to make a difference and change this country and stop the evils in their own nation, in their own country. And the, and the governor said, done. Is that it? Is that all you want? So we became the first government-recognized safe home, not just on our border, but in the whole region, in the whole area. Uh, the... They got wind of what we're doing, what we're having. And so actually we got a call and the third in command of the kingdom of Thailand. We live in a, we have a king in Thailand and it's a monarchy. And so you have the king, you have the prime minister and third in charge. The third in charge heard what we were doing and came and toured the promised land. That's him right there. This guy is so, I didn't know, I'm oblivious sometimes to these things. This guy is so powerful. We were walking uh, together on, the, on our path. This is the promised land that they're walking on and they're touring and we're walking together on our promised land and all of a sudden there's a guy in front of us and he looks behind and he sees us and he jump he literally leaps off the path because you cannot turn your back to royalty and you cannot turn your back to authority if you ever see movies when they uh, walk away from kings they walk, they face them and they walk backwards that's exactly what happens and so this guy is one of the most powerful guys in all of Thailand he toured our promised land and said how come we didn't know what you were doing for our country earlier we need to get the news out here everybody needs to know Know what's going on and how you're helping the children of our country and so actually we became they they named us the Mesop model and we're the model and they take us to the different governments not went to all the different provinces to five different ones to train them on how to prevent rescue and heal child trafficking in the largest uh, in the country with the largest amount of child prostitutes in the world which is just crazy so we're changing a nation through the social welfare system of that country well Thailand talks to Burma and and says Burma and Myanmar, it's a country right next to us. They've been in, t- in civil war for over 60 years. I don't know, I don't recommend seeing it, but if you want to see very true to life movie, Rambo, the very last one, it's super graphic, it's super hard to watch, but it is very true, and that's exactly what's happened in Myanmar, Burma. Most people don't even know it's been off the map, but it has the largest human rights violations in all of the world. Well, Thailand talks to Burma and says, these are your children being trafficked. This is your problem. You need to do something about your problem. So Burma says, well, what are you doing? You could go on to the next set. Burma says, well, what are you doing about your problem? And they said, we have this uh, organization named Life Impact International. Wait a second, before, before, uh, right in front of that one, that last one with the, the high authority and the kids, can you go right before that? Uh, there's, there was three in that one. It's that, us walking, and then there's a group one with us and the kids. No, is it not in there? Okay. It's okay. Uh, and so, so anyways, they said, what are you doing with that? Uh, what are you doing about your problem with your children? And they said, well, we have this organization named Life Impact, and they're helping us. They said, well, can you tell that organization Life Impact if they'll help us with the children in our nation too? And can you put a proposal in English, and can you put deliver it on our coffee table? And so you have to understand this military junta for 60 years, they take their little boys to be child soldiers. They take their little girls to be slaves for the army in, in just 
vicious ways. They take their old men and they'll make them be weapon porters and minesweepers. So they have to go and carry the weapons on their head and then go out in front of them and set off landmines. We have so many maimed all on our border. This is like the, the worst military junta in the world. And they came to our promised land last year. You could do the next step. And they've asked us for our help in helping them with the children of their nation. You could keep going. It is These are like killers that are at our property and they're sitting and I'm presenting to them how I can help them with the children of their nation. Okay, look at, so that guy, so to the left, you see the one with the glasses or the, 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 the big one? So they asked me, they said, are you Shakira? Are you Shakira? And, uh, and so they, they love me. I had so much favor with them because they thought I was Shakira. It was so awesome. And uh, so these military, isn't that incredible? These military, favor comes in the form of Shakira. And, uh, and so uh, these military killers, now we are working with them. Our team is in there. I have a, a rescue officer. I have a social worker. We have a child protection team. And they just got back to some of the final meetings of how we can set up a social welfare system for the children in their nation. Like this is unheard of, unprecedented. So that man, he's over social welfare and he is probably the only honest guy in all the country and God has brought him to us. And he said, I am in this position for two years. You have two years to help these children and do whatever you're gonna do. And then they're gonna move me to another position in another province. And so do whatever, you have a two year window, do whatever you're gonna do and do it now. And so it's just incredible how God is using us to change the nation through the generation. We're changing a generation. We're stopping the evils of the nation and we're going through through the children of that nation and setting up social welfare systems in these closed nations and rescuing these babies who would have no chance otherwise where nobody cared about where their destiny ended up. Is that not incredible? It's unheard of. And so you could go to the next slides. Uh, this, okay, so Thailand talks to Burma. Burma talks to us. We're helping them. Well, in all of this, what's going on is we have something called the ASEAN, Association of Southeast Asian Nations. It's similar to the European Union or the United States of America when they all join together. And these countries, they go all the way up to China. You could put the next slide up. All the way up to China, all the way down to Singapore. And, uh, and so all these countries have gone, grown together in a union. They've come together. And that, that property, that, or that road that you saw right there, that is the new Silk Road of Asia, of Southeast Asia. And so that, uh, that dirt road, run, you can go back, runs right along our property. We literally have the property right to the right. You see that tall tree right there? That's our property. And it's so incredible because this road now, what's going to happen is it's going to be the trade route for Southeast Asia, but also children are going to be trafficked from China, from Bangladesh, from Indonesia, from Malaysia, all up and down that road. And we are strategically located right on that highway. And actually, because we have authority, we're going to set up our own rescue team, go in, be able to have the authority to stop the vehicles, look in, and rescue babies right out of the car. So it's so incredible. What is going on? You could go to the next ones. And so it's not just Thailand now, it's not just Burma, but God's given us the babies of Southeast Asia. We're able to rescue the babies of Southeast Asia. These are, uh, this year we rescued 27 children alone this year. It was a big year for us. Uh, we have everything from babies to 18 year old. Babies on our border go for $18. And, uh, or um, they could even go for as, as little as $13. And, and I told you the, the price for uh, eight year olds. And so we have all that range and it could be any kind of exploitation 
exploitation, trafficking, prostitution, street kids, slavery. Uh, we see it all. We see abandonment. We see all of it. And it's, it's just, we have so many crazy stories. But this little boy right here, he was treated like an animal. He was chained to the wall. He was used to uh, herd the buffaloes. If you could see closely, he has little gashes in his head. They beat him so bad uh, that the neighbors said they'd have to turn away. Even the neighbors couldn't even watch it. But yet he was literally just treated in to like an animal chained to a wall. We couldn't believe it. My team called me crying. They see all kinds of stuff. And they literally called me crying and said, we need to get this boy right now. And, uh, and so we got this little boy and it not will tell you the, the first thing he said is, I get to eat three meals a day. I get to go to school. I get to play. And he's like the most excited little thing. He's never even had three meals a day. He said, they never fed me meat there. They never fed me three meals a day. I only got one meal a day. They never let me go to school there. And so we, got, we were able to rescue this boy to loose his chains. And now this little eight-year-old boy is with us, and he's the sweetest thing ever. Uh, you could go to the next one. These two girls, they have a, a, a crazy story. Uh, the taller one was a, a child wife. She's the third of a, a, chi- of a Muslim wife. And she actually, um, she was the housemaid. And then the, the owner of the house made her his wife. Uh, when they thought she was pregnant, they dropped her off. The other wife, the, the first or second wife, dropped her off at the clinic and, uh, and was just very, very mad, dropped her off at the clinic, clinic and, uh, and left her there, abandoned her there. Well, they found out she wasn't pregnant. And I guess the husband must have come home and he must have beat the wife so she came back to get her and they literally the clinic had to hide her they contacted us and said we can't watch her there's so many people coming in and out you need to get this girl you need to get her now so we got the little 13 year old child wife and then the shorter one is an 11 year old and her story is really graphic but she was rescued from one of the most heinous crimes that we've ever seen ever before drugged and 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 just uh, too graphic to share but these girls now they're happy they go to school they're not wives, they're children, they're little girls. They have Barbies, they have dolls, they have journals, they get their nails painted, and they get to enjoy the life that every little girl deserves to live. I'm going to go to the next one. Oh, this is actually our emergency shelter, our, uh, uh, the, the high security safety one. And this is where kids will go anywhere from three months to a year. They'll learn that they're safe, that we're going to protect them, that, that we're the good guys, not the bad guys. Everybody, everybody that was supposed to be a good guy in their life has been a bad guy. And everybody has done opposite of the rules that they were supposed to do. So in this place, they will learn what a good guy and a bad guy looks like. They'll learn that they're safe and they have a hope and a future. And they'll learn about the rescuer, Jesus Christ. And so, it, so we're super excited. We already broke ground and it's underway. We could go to the next one. Uh, so this is where I wanted to segue into my message. This little girl right here, uh, she's, she's the sweetest thing ever. Uh, she has a very, very similar to Cinderella's story. Again, she was chained to a bed. She was like fed scraps. She was beaten. Uh, and the, it was a whole, like her dad and her stepmom when her mom died and her stepmom came, she basically all, she, her whole role was to be a maid for the new children. And, uh, she wasn't, when she tried to run away, the aunt let her go. When she tried to run away, they went and found her, got her again, chained her back up so that she wouldn't run away. Uh, Again, just fed her scraps and just literally had a very measly life. When she went to go find her dad when she got older and just see maybe he's changed his mind, maybe maybe he really does want me. She found him, she went, and he literally threw a 20-bot bill at her, which is like 60 cents, and just threw it at her face and said, get out of here, I never want to see you again. And uh, and so this little girl, she has beat all the odds in her life, like every single one, and she's the sweetest thing, and all she ever wanted to do was just be loved and be accepted. 
accepted. Recently, she got accepted into a culinary school. There's this French famous chef on her border, and he has a culinary school. And the last part of that schooling, they teach him hospitality. They teach him how to budget. They teach him English to talk to the customers. But in the last part, they get to intern in like the four seasons at the down south at the beaches or in Bangkok or in Chiang Mai, a five-star resort. And if they like him, they keep him. And so this girl is going to be the next top chef of Thailand. And she just she just got into the program and she is doing amazing. She just got into the program and it's incredible. And uh, and we see all these kids that come off the street. I have one boy, he, te- uh, well, actually we have five kids that tested at the top in the highest school and literally came to us off the streets at 13 years old and learned how to read and write. And their their whole life has changed. Their whole story has changed. They're in the highest school level. Some of them are going to go to college. Some of them are in internships. Some of them uh, is in a sport, a famous sports camp down in a, another city, another famous city. And God is just changing the story for these kids left and right. They're getting in our hands so we could introduce them to the one who's going to write their story. And their story is forever changed. And I'm so excited about it. And we love it. And we love what we get to do. And you guys are part of it. Amen. I want to turn over to John 4, 4. Our whole thing, I want to look in the Bible where God changed somebody's story. And I, this is a 1050. How much longer do I have, sir? Tell me, sorry. It says 40, but it's not going down. Um, Okay, John 4, 4. So, or actually we'll start at John 4, 3. And, uh, and our whole motto of life impact is change a life, change the world. We believe if we rescue just one child, then that child, they have the capacity to change lives of children around them. Our children go back into the slum, into the dump, into every area that we rescue them from. And they go, let me tell you what's happened to me. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you my story. And we see changes all over. We see changes in the community. It's incredible. We've started schools. We started feeding programs in the local dumps. And that's how we get, these are the pools that we get these children from. But the most incredible part about that is when they see the change and they see that person was just like me. And so what we do is change a life, change the world. And we believe once that child's life is changed, then it creates a ripple effect. They go and they change five more and those go and change five more and those go and change four more. And it creates a ripple effect, but it starts with the one. And that's what people People say, well, it's, you know, it's so big. How do you even do it? It's so big. Where do I even begin? And I always say, God always started with the one. We start with the one. You know, it, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a story, and it's about a starfish, and, and, uh, and it, was, it goes like this. It said that, you know, you guys have probably all heard the starfish story, but it said there was an old man, he was walking on the beach, and there was a little boy, and he's walking on the beach, and they were walking together, and the tide had come in, and, and, and the, 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 um, the waves had pulled back, and there were starfish all along the shore and they were drying up. The sun was beating on and they were drying up. So this little boy starts picking up the starfish. It was as far as the eye can see, so many starfish. And this little boy starts picking up the starfish and throwing it in the water, picking up another starfish, throwing it in the water, picking up one more, throwing it in the water. And this old man said, little boy, look at this beach. It's so far and you're doing this alone. There's no way you'll be able to make a difference. There's no way you'll be able to do, it's too big. Look, it's it's futile. Your works are futile. And he said, you might as well 
well, just stop now. And the little boy looked up at the old man just with a smile. And he said, he get, the, the old man said, what you're doing isn't going to matter. Look at for all of these. Look, at, there's so many. It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to make, it's not going to matter. And this little boy looked at the old man and he picked up another starfish, threw it in the water. And he said, it mattered for that one. It mattered for that one. And here at Life Impact, that's our heart. We never signed up just for these, you know, just to change nations in, in Southeast Asia. We signed up for the one little girl, that girl in the video. She was our first rescue at eight years old for $24. She was the first one. And that one rescue, that one little eight-year-old girl for $24 has resulted in 135 children now in two nations and soon in whole Southeast Asia. You change a life and that life has the potential to change the world. You start with the one. I want to look in the Bible where God started with the one in John 4, 4. And we're going to start at, uh, at, sorry, we'll read it. John 4, I keep saying that, John 4, 3. And let's look at this. And it says, when the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. And it said, now he had to go through Samaria. I want you guys to remember that part. Another passage says he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a town called Samaria, a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, he sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Okay, the sixth hour is 12 o'clock noon, so it is hot, like Texas hot. It is so stinking hot. <laughs> and, uh, and so he sits down. He's at the well. Remember that as well. And it says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus asked her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father? Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds. Jesus answered and said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. The lady said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man that you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Okay, let me show you this. Let's, let's look at this. So you don't go and draw water at the hottest part of the day. Uh, so we see the woman had a story. The woman had a past. The woman had some things she was dealing with. She had some issues. She had some pain. She had some hurt. So actually she went at the hottest part of the day so that she would avoid anybody. She didn't want to see anybody. She knew people knew her story. She knew people knew her past and she wanted to avoid anybody. She had shame, she had guilt, she had sin. And so she didn't want to see anybody. But I love it where it said Jesus needed to go. Jesus was right there at that well waiting for that girl. He knew exactly when she'd be there. He knew at exactly time. He was actually on his way to another place, but he detoured just for that woman knowing exactly what she needed. He starts to talk to her about the needs of her heart and the needs on the inside. And I love it because she did not sign up for that. She did not think, okay, I'm going to go to this well. I'm going to meet the man of my dreams. I'm going to meet this Jesus, and he's going to change my life. She had no clue that that's what was going to happen. Let's keep looking what goes on. 
and we're going to go ahead and jump. Uh, we're going to go to 19. And it says, sir, the woman, uh, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. And then, but we're going to, for the sake of time, we're going to jump down to 25. And it says, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared to her, I who speak to you am he. Now let's look at where this story is. So he's talking to the woman and it says in 27, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward Jesus. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four more months and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the field for they are ripe for harvest. Another translation says, look up and look out at the fields for they are ripe with harvest. I always, God showed me this and this so, I, I, I just saw it, you know, the disciples come and they know he's hungry and they're hungry hungry and he goes, Rabbi, eat, teacher, teacher, eat. And I love in another translation, it says that they marveled. They said, how can he be talking to her? You know, obviously, you know, they know, they know something's going on. Why is our holy, our holy Jesus talking to this woman? And, it, and, and there's more backstory to that. It said, but they didn't say anything. They just thought it in their heads. And, and if we look very closely at this, you know, we say, we, we look at it and he's like, he's telling them, open your eyes. See what I see. See this woman how I see. I always say this. Jesus doesn't see our faults. Jesus doesn't see our shortcomings. Jesus doesn't see our sin. He looks and he sees the need of our heart. Jesus looked at that woman and he knew what she needed. She needed to drink of something that she would never thirst again. He knew that he could satisfy that woman's heart and that she would never have to search ever again, that he was right there to be the answer to her every need. The disciples came and looked at that woman and saw something different saw something different that Jesus did. And Jesus told the disciples, open your eyes, see what I see, see people how I see, see the need how I see the need. Don't see the faults. Don't think, oh, that they deserved it or they brought this on themselves or they did this. Don't see that. Open your eyes and look, see, see what I see. And I always say this, we should always be looking for that one that's in our path, that's in our life, that's in our fear, sphere, the one that we can do something about, the one life that we can change, the one life that Jesus has put us to intersect, that we can make a difference. We should all be about the one. We should all look up and open our eyes to the one in need around us. But we all need to be also looking out to the field. We need to be looking out to the cause to say, I'll do something about it. I'll make a difference. I don't care how big it is. I'll go in. I'll start putting my hand to the plow and making a difference in that field. We all need to be looking up and looking out. You know, the disciples were so concerned about what they needed. They needed to eat. They were hungry. But I understand viable. You know, when I'm here, I want to eat meat so bad. I don't get meat in Thailand. And I understand that. But they were looking in, but there was something that was greater that was going on in that moment. And sometimes we can just get so inward consumed and so looking inward at what we need and what situation we're going to and, and financially what we're going through. And do you know, man, can you people live off $2 a day where I'm from? Like you're more rich than, than anybody. So if you went to Thailand, you'd be the richest person 
in the room, you know? And, and sometimes we're just so consumed with what we're going through that we don't have time or we don't take the time to look up to the one around us, to look up to seeing what we could do with what's right in front of us. You have something in your hand that you can use to change somebody's life. We all need to look up and look out. Let's keep looking what happens. Let's keep looking. So it says, uh, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields or lift up, lift up your head and look out. And it says, uh, jump down to 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town, remember, while this is going on, that woman's running back to that town. Uh, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is is the savior of the world world. Do you know that that word savior there's many meanings for it but one of the words means rescuer. That Jesus really is the rescuer of the world. I love that this one girl, this one lady that was going through everything she was in life, that had made some mistakes, that had some sin, that had some faults, this one lady, she didn't expect for her story to be changed. She didn't expect for that to happen that day, but Jesus met her at the well of her life, right where she was at. And Jesus, the people that she didn't want to see, the people that she was avoiding, the people that she was in shame and guilt and condemnation over, the people that she was trying not to face, those were the very people that God used her to go and to reach. Those are the very people God changed her story at that well. And she's no longer remembered as a woman who had five husbands. She's no longer remembered as a woman with a past or a story or a history. She's learned, she's remembered as the woman who changed her town, the woman who changed her community, the woman who changed her world. God changed her world so that she can go and change the other world. Oops, sorry. <laughs> that was awesome. I got ninja ninja missionary skills. <laughs> God changed her world so that she can go and change the world. I'm telling you, I'm that woman. We're all that one at the well where Jesus has changed our life. And so since we've changed, since we've freely received, we're supposed to freely give. This was my story at one time, and I want to pray for you guys. And I don't know, uh, I, I'm going to share a little bit. And I want to pray for you guys, if you guys would let me, if I could have somebody come and get on the guitar for me and uh, just come up here. But this was my story. Actually, I was the woman at the well. God uh, radically saved me at 24 years old, uh, uh, 19 uh, 19 years old, sorry, Uh, 19 years old. I had never heard the gospel. I was a go-go dancer in the clubs of Hollywood, and he radically saved me. He set me free. He healed me, and that was the word that I heard, that you've been trying to fill that hole in your heart with everything else, but don't you know that only Jesus Christ can fill that hole in your heart? You'll never thirst again, and the decision you make today will change your life forever. At that day, Jesus rescued me so that I can go and rescue little children around the world. I'm telling you, at that day, the rescuer came to my well, came to me. He made a detour on a Friday night and came to me. Right now, it's about 12 o'clock. It's about the hottest time in the day. And I don't think it's a, a or it's 11, actually. It feels like 12 <laughs> in Texas heat. But, uh, and you know, I just feel like, it was it, when I was preparing. I'm like, oh, when I'm when I'm going to be speaking about this, it's going to be around the ho- some of the hottest parts of the day, 
And do you know that Jesus is right here right now? I love it that he's here, that he came, that he came even before you did, and he knew what you needed. And he came to change our story. That woman's life was changed so that she could change her town, so that she could change. The whole town came out. That woman impacted a town. He changed her story and he gave her a testimony. He changed her past. Do you see? They believed a woman who had shame now became a woman of influence, a woman of great influence. I'm so glad that God didn't leave my story at this 19-year-old go-go dancer, drug addict, alcoholic girl that God changed my story and now he called me a mother to the nations. Now I'm rescued to rescue others. The same with all of us. We are rescued to rescue others. The rescuer is here. I love it. The rescuer, the savior of the world. So I wanna pray for you. One, um, I'm gonna pray just for your well moment. You know, we're all the one at one point. We're all that woman at one point. Uh, that's the first thing I'm going to pray for. The second thing I'm going to pray is that God shows you today who your one is and what your field is. God shows you and God reminds you who your one is and what your field is. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads, and I, I, I'm going to pray for you. Just like that woman, she had a past. She had stuff she was dealing with. She had issues. We all do. And just like I said, Jesus looked at her and Jesus didn't see her faults and her sins. He saw her need. And whatever your need is today, if your need is Jesus to be your healer, your savior, your rescuer, whatever it is, he is right here at the well of your life. If you're needing him to come and be your peace, whatever you're needing him to be, he is right here at the well, at the hottest part of the day, saying, I'm here to meet you right where you're at, and I'm here to change your story. I'm here to change your story. It's not the end. I'm so glad that the end didn't start with my, stop at my kids being left on the streets. I'm so glad that the end didn't stop with them being abandoned or them being sold into slavery. I'm so glad that the end is now they're gonna be chefs in culinary school and they're in all levels of society, making an impact, making a difference, changing their own nation, stopping the evils in their own nation. Their story didn't stop there. I love it. I love that my story didn't stop there. (laughs) So right now, Jesus is here to change your story. He's still writing it right now. He's still writing it. It's not too late. He didn't put the pen down. He's writing it right now. He's writing the end of your story. He's writing that last part of your story. It's not over. It's not finished yet. He's still writing. He still has the pen in his hand. And I love that in that, that that people in the end of that chapter, that it lets off that many believed because of her testimony. Many believed because of her word. Many believed because of this woman. So right now, if you're in the room, and maybe today you're the one, maybe you're the one at the well. You're the one that has a need that only Jesus can fill. And if that's you and you're ready...